Thank you very much. I hope you can hear me well. Uh, in my talk, I will focus on the role of analogy in some metaphysical perspectives developed in the 20th century. I will discuss in particular the intensive or essential Thomism of Cornelio Fabro and the neoclassical philosophy of Gustavo Bontadini, with some references to the primal metaphysics of Bontadini's pupil, Emanuele Severino. I will begin with some general considerations. These two positions, that of Bontadini and that of Fabro, are in themselves difficult to reconcile for various reasons. First of all, because of the choice of the Thomistic way of demonstrating God's existence. Although for both Fabro and Bontadini, the term demonstration should be used with caution. Fabro, as is well known, privileged the fourth way and in particular a late formulation of it to which I will return in detail later. Bontadini, on the other hand, favored the first way, as did his teacher Masnovo and other representatives of the neoscholastic movement at the Catholic University of Milan, such as Sofia Vannirovighi, also another student of Masnovo. In addition, Bontadini undertook a work of rigorization of what he called the metempirical inference so as to disengage it from any presupposition and succeed in holding firm to the idea of God. Bontadini's ideal is that of incontrovertible, stable knowledge, that it cannot be otherwise. Truth is such insofar as it does not allow its negation to stand beside it. So truth stands firm against its negation according to the etymological meaning of the Greek word episteme. Such a pursuit of incontrovertibility cannot be found in Fabro. This character of incontrovertibility was already attributed to Bontadini, by Bontadini to Gentile's idealism, albeit only in a certain gnoseological aspect. What also separates the few authors is the different evaluation of the whole cycle of modern philosophy which for Bontadini has its outlet in idealism, consider, on the other hand, Fabro's thesis on the Cartesian cogito and the principle of immanence. It is interesting to note that this reconstruction is linked to the phenomenon of the oblivion of the Thomistic meaning of being as an act that is mistaken for existence. A common point, however, is the reference to Parmenides. For both, Parmenides delivered the truth of being from which one must not depart. Obviously, the type of reference changes. Bontadini, the more Parmenidian one, directly exploits the theological range of the principle of Parmenides and selects becoming as the launching pad for the metapirical inference. Incidentally, as it, is, uh, it is precisely this exploitation of Parmenides that is at the basis of the main conclusion to be drawn by Severino, starting from uh, Bontadini's approach to Parmenidism, but with quite different results. The eternity of uh, every being should be, uh, would be the conclusion um, drawn by Severino. 
uh, it will already be understood how the alternative of university analogy is a fundamental theme in this respect. Fabro, for his part, sees in Thomism the authentic response to Parmenides' instance, going so far as to speak of a Thomistic Parmenidism. Having said this, it will be clear that I intend to avoid easy irenicism. Another issue would be to examine the possibility of coordinating the results of Fabro's historical research on Thomism uh, and on its sources, uh, such as Neoplatonism, with the metaphysics of Bontadini, who, through Masnovo, came from a very different Thomism. Whereas Fabro sees his studies on participation had placed himself, so to speak, in the avant-garde of the interpretation of Aquinas' works. Leaving these aspects aside for a moment, I would like to dwell on the uh, respective paths. For Bontadini, from becoming to the immutable. For Fabro, from being by participation to the ipsum esse. In the comparison, the theme of analogy is central. For it is a question of understanding whether or not analogy can take on a structural function in the elaboration of the inference. That is, whether or not metaphysics is a constructive mediation of experience, to use a famous definition by Bontadini, can depend on analogy, or in, or in any case on an analogical conception of being, or whether analogy must intervene as a corollary after the affirmation of the existence of God. What is at stake, then, is the constructive range of the analogy of being with a view to the theological synthesis, and more in generally, the possibility of rigorizing Thomism by means, by means of the notion of being as act. Let us begin with Bontadini. Here I, not, I will not be able to reconstruct the evolution of Bontadini's thought or even the changes that his metaphysical discourse underwent over the years, also under the influence of the dialogue with his pupil Emanuele Severino, changes that do not necessarily mean incoherence or radical ruptures. In general, suffice it to say, as explained above, that Montadini was, on the one hand, an original defender of the validity of Gentile's actual idealism, and on the other hand, a Parmenidian. He believed that, that actualism, that is uh, the most rigorous and coherent version of idealism, had by no means closed the door to transcendence. On the contrary, actual idealism completed the cycle of modern philosophy, which had been dominated by the problem of knowledge by eliminating the naturalistic presupposition that banned it. This presupposition consisted in the presupposition of being to thought, which idealism would redeem by reaffirming being as the intentional term of thought, and therefore re-establishing that thought is nothing other than being as manifest. Metaphysics emerges advantaged from the travails of modern philosophy, because it has at least at the last freed itself from the dogmatic noseology that has corrupted even the theological conclusion. The structure of the inference after idealism becomes clear thanks to the purification of the conception of experience, no longer distorted in a dualistic sense. And pure experience 
untainted by the naturalistic presupposition is precisely what is to be mediated or speculatively integrated. In this way, the charge of metaphysics as a principle can be released, where the principle is that of Parmenides, a designation to which Bontadini has added the qualification ad honorem. The principle says, being cannot be originally limited by non-being. The principle is ad honorem because of the addition of the adverb originally, which Parmenides would not have admitted. The maximum result is achieved with a minimum of material. It is only the notions of being and non-being that allow one to gain the affirmation of the transcendent being. Becoming must come from the immovable principle of creation, because the absolutizing of becoming is contradictory. The totality of the real must transcend the unity of experience, a Kantian expression with which Bontadini indicates the immediate, the basis of mediation. Note that mediation does not occur through recourse to the principle of cause. In this respect, Bontadini considers Hume criticism valid and succeeds in establishing the causation principle itself with the speculative act by which the existence of God is demonstrated. Neoclassical philosophy, as Bontadini points out in his Per una filosofia neoclassica, which is for a neoclassical philosophy, positively embraces two historical cycles. The modern one, which resolves itself in idealism, a dialectic that ends in the suppression of the starting point, the starting point is presupposed dualism, and the classical one, the classical cycle, which does not really provide the system of ontological determinations, but rather the principle of metaphysical constructiveness, metaphysics as a principle and not as a system. On the basis of these premises, the first Thomistic way seems preferable for two reasons. First, it lends itself to the enhancement of the pure experience of actualism, of Gentile's uh, actual idealism. Experience is the concrete intranscendable on which mediation is grafted. The inference structured from becoming is based on the ultimate outcome of modernity. It is the end of speculation as a theory of knowledge. Moreover, the principle of Parmenides also plays a role in relation to becoming. The first way thus brings together the two great theses deriving from classical metaphysics and the, uh, the end of modern gnosiologism. Boltadini also expressed himself on several occasions and quite decisively uh, on historical Thomism. In a short essay with the significant title Con Tommaso Oltre Tommaso with Thomas Beyond Thomas, we read It is the current thesis in contemporary Neotomism that the originality of Aquinas consists in metaphysics in the conception of eseutactus, of being as actus essendi, as opposed to an essentialist tradition that would have polluted classical metaphysics both before and after Aquinas. The denunciation of an essentialist or formalist turn caused by the obscuring of being, of the act of being properly Thomistic, 
is recurrent also in Favreau's Thomism, who has also shown in this respect the historical reasons for the speculative deviation, finding them, for example, in Harry of Ghent, with the typical couplet Esse essentie and Esse actualis existentie, und understood as um, understood ut due diverse res and not as constitutive principles of being. John of St. Thomas is also linked to, to this non-Thomistic couple, with the result that Aquinas esse essentie, that Aquinas esse is reduced to a mere fact of existence. The controversy regarding the distinction, real or conceptual, between essence and existence in creatures kept the whole scholastic metaphysics in tension for seven centuries, with wholly negative results for Thomism, which had from the beginning lost Aquinas' understanding of esse as actus essendi or esse actus by exchanging it for esse in actu or esse actu, which can indicate, and in fact had been understood, uh, the existence as fact, existentia, or as being uh, existere extra causas. The replacement of the, this was a quotation from Pablo, the replacement of the Thomistic couple of, uh, of essentia and esse with that of, of essentia as the content of the being and existentia as positio extra causas et extra nil would, according to Fabro, have provoked a reduction of the actuality of the existentia to the realization of essence, which is placed extra nil, and so uh, a modal distinction is derived from this between the possibility and the reality of essence. Thus, an extrinsic act of efficiency, of efficiency that has essence as its term. In Thomism, essence and the participated act of being are instead the real constitutive principle of definite entity, of definite being. Fabro, agreeing with Heidegger in one respect, found in this substitution of the Thomistic uh, couple, couplet even the nodal point that is the heart of the definitive radical loss of the foundation of being. Other quotation by Fabro. Being is not the brute fact, the mere fact of existence. Esse autem est illud quod est magis intimum quilibet et quod profundius omnibus inest. Bontadini, has, as we have seen, is aware of the originality of the Thomistic Esse, but he does not see its constructive fruitfulness, always with a view to regularization of the theological synthesis. He writes, in my humble opinion, this fruitfulness comes into full light if the concept itself, in the concept of uh, Esse Utactus, is uh, interpenetrated, so to speak, with what emerges when one considers the opposition to the negative, that is, when one understands being, the actus essendi, to be precise, in its original opposition to not being. In its in it, it, it is constant that this opposition concerns precisely existence and not essence, since it is existence despised against its nullification, while essence sits blissfully in its abstract immobility. It is confirmed, therefore, that it is precisely the concept of the ensutactus, uh, the concept extolled by Aquinas, uh, 
it is in this concept that the key of uh, the key to metaphysics is to be found, provided, however, that it disposes itself to the interpenetration already mentioned, the opposition to the negative. From an historical point of view, Bontadini notes that Hellenic philosophy with the Eleatic logic has established a conception of being on which the creationist thesis rationally depends. On the other hand, the same philosophy was unable to reconcile the Parmenidian instance with the experience that attests to becoming. And so, in such an apoetic situation, it developed an intrinsically flawed categorical apparatus, introducing figures such as prime matter, which it was necessary to amend through a de-Hellenization that did not, however, also remove the Parmenidian principle that supports the metaphysics of transcendence. Thomism, according to Bontadini, fits into the framework just outlined, but does not yet reach the definitive solution of the theological problem. The difficulty, another quotation, and the greatness of the Thomistic endeavor are there for all to see. But its meaning and importance appear to us today more in the historical dialectical light than in the, so to speak, supra-theoretical conclusive one. Its theoretical instability, in other words, is just as perceptible today. Thomas manifests itself as a stage, undoubtedly a prominent one, of that very laborious process which is the going in itself of Christian philosophy. In a comparison with Severino, effectively entitled Soza Inta Phenomena, Bontadini also dwells on analogy. Being is predicated analogically of the mutable and the becoming. But since the primum quad nos is not the inequality between the be between becoming and the mutable, otherwise there would be no mediation, then the analogy appears after the speculation has made its synthesis through mediating experience. From the methodological point of view, says Bontadini, we first encounter the univocal meaning of being, insofar as being is the positive that opposes itself to the negative a meaning well seen by Scotus, who understood being as a non-nihil. And then, by virtue of the ontotheological conclusion, we operate the introduction of analogy, insofar as the mutable means pure positive, and the becoming means a positive that is identified itself, not contradictorily with the, with the negative. This analogical charge goes far beyond Aristotle's account of analogia entis, where he says that being legatae polacos, insofar as it means the TST and the TODT and the various categories. This is now the most radical analogy corresponding to the true ontological difference. Uh, says Bontadini also, I always remember the insistence with which my teacher Masnovo emphasized the methodological non-originality, meaning it, it, it is not primal, of the analogy thesis its corollary character. Contadini, after Masnovo, ascribed to the analogy on the, only the character of a corollary, and thus fell into the Scotus Suarez line that would later lead to Wolf and the, the metaphysics that the idea of metaphysics that Kant had in mind. It should be noted that this metaphysics has nothing to do with the classical metaphysics to whose rigorization Bottadini worked, but Fabro uh, Fabros Thomism also stands against, stands out against the essentialism of this line. 
Severino will also adhere to the university approach, bringing it, according to Faber, to the extreme coherence with the annexed negation of transcendent of transcendence. It would seem, therefore, at least if we assume the Severino's anti-creationists' conclusions were a direct consequence of Bontadini's Parmenidism, that the real alternative to a, a universalist immanentism is the justification of a constructive efficacy of analogy. In other words, one would have to demonstrate um, against uh, what Bontadini says in the quoted passage that analogy is original. I will now spend a few words on the primal metaphysics presented by Emanuele Severino in his work, The Primal Structure. In these brief remarks, uh, I will not note that Severino, like Bontadini, also regards the immediate as the basis for mediation. For Severino too, therefore, the task of metaphysics is the removal, the removal of contradiction. In Severino, however, this task is configured according to the inequality between the primal and the whole. The primal is the opening of the contradiction, since, for reasons I cannot now recall in full, it is immediately known that the totality of the phenomenological immediate is not the whole. What is immediately present is the whole as a formal meaning, but the primal semantic matter is not the absolute semantic matter, or even the semantic content actually posited is not what is intended to be posited. Since this inequality exists, the primal tasks as uh, the removal of contradiction is not the negation of foundation, but is absolute re realization. The primal is freed from contradiction is so far as it is identified with the whole. If the position of the totality of the immediate is the position of a formal meaning, and therefore the foundation, the immediate, is contradiction, then the removal of the contradiction is, uh, of the foundation as contradictory corresponds to the highest realization of the foundation itself. It is the position of the foundation as uncontradictory. Mediation as the development of the immediate posits the foundation as what it is. As the totality of the immediate, the foundation is the primum in intenzione. It is that which is to be thought of first, but it is the ultimum in execution, that which only finally manifests itself. The primus task is not a choice, which would imply the possibility of having chosen the inexecutable. The, remover, the removal of the contradiction is necessary. In chapter 13 of the primal structure, Severino shows that the affirmation of a positive beyond the totality of the phenomenological immediate is logically immediate. This aspect is central because the inferential nature of metaphysical of the metaphysical discourse depends on it. In those pages, Severino in fact explains that the mediation removes the mediational value of the predication of the immutability of the whole. The whole, as that to which any determination does not apply, is not really the whole. Mediation ascertains the contradictory nature of the whole as formal meaning so to say, as the initial extreme of mediation, and thus poses the whole as that to which the predicate belongs. Mediation becomes logical immediacy. In this sense, the affirmation of the immutability of the whole is logically immediate. More clearly, the proposition being is, immuti is immutable is logically immediate. 
Having established, however, that meaning is immutable, the question arises as to why the world appears. For this side, the aberration, the deviation from the logos is the world, that is precisely the presence of becoming, of history. The, unexpe un the unexpected, the unsuspected, is for the logos the world, not God, if by the latter is meant precisely the whole in its immutability. In the final paragraph of this chapter, Severino concludes that the immutable whole is, without, is that without which the totality of becoming could not be, whereas the immutable whole is, is even if the totality of becoming is not. Given the non-necessary belonging of the totality of becoming to the whole, that the totality of becoming is, is a decision of the immutable. Thus the theorem of creation finds its place, although the word creation does not appear. In this chapter, however, Severino enunciates the, uh, an explicitly anti-Thomist thesis, discussing the ontological value of the principle of non-contradiction, which absolutely excludes the supposition that, that being is not being, he adds, it resides in the very meaning of being, that being has to be. So the principle of non-contradiction does not simply express the identity of essence with itself, but the identity of essence with existence, or the otherness of essence from non-existence. In a volume dedicated to Severino, The Alienation of West, L'Alienazione dell'Occidente, Fabro argued that Bontadini had ended up following the position of his pupil Severino, specifically the eternity of every being, without, however, fully accepting its consequences and still striving to prove the existence of God. Bontadini would have been less coherent than Severino. Fabro then accused Bontadini of fundamentally sharing Gentile's idealism, which would have inevitably leaned toward immanentism. But Fabro knew, and he documents this in the volume I referred to, that Bontadini had overcome the antinomy between idealism and realism in what he called pure realism, or the moment of identity between idealism and realism, an incontrovertible nosological position for which thought is the manifestation of being, having eliminated the dualistic presupposition of being to thought. Moreover, Bontadini had also overcome the theological reservations of idealism, reducing its validity to the methodological gnosiological sphere, and thus imposing a rethinking of metaphysics within the, under, the original structure of knowledge that idealism had correctly delineated. In this sense, idealism had the inevitable result of Bontadini, uh, sorry, in this sense, uh, idealism had contributed to the rigorization of metaphysics. So there is a contribution of idealism to the rigorization of metaphysics. With regard to Severino's coherence as the inevitable result of Bontadini's actualistic Parmenidism, to use Fabro's expression, I would like to recall that there are many Many authors, such as Leonardo Messinese, who have written in favor of a basic convergence between Bontadini and Severino, but in the, the direction of creationism, not of immanentism. We come then to Fabro and his interpretation of the fourth way. Fabro had judged the third way of the prologue to the Lectura Super Evangelium Ioannis, to be, the preferable, uh, to be preferable to the exposition of the fourth way in the Summa. 
This text would be the happiest, most agile, and mature formula of the demonstration of the existence of God in Aquinas' fault. I will therefore examine it. Aquinas chooses for the prologue the verses of Isaiah, which I will now quote. Vidi dominum sedentem super solium excessum et elevatum et plena erat omnis terra majestate eius, et eaque subipso erant replebant templum. Words of a contemplative regarded as spoken by John intended to show the nature of his gospel. Verba proposita sunt contemplantis, e si capiantur quasi exore Ioannis Evangeliste prolata, satis pertinet ad declarationem uius evangelii. There is a fourfold height, quadruplex altitudo, mentioned in John's contemplation, autoritatis, eternitatis, dignitatis, incomprensibilis veritatis. This kind of height corresponds to the ways, the term used is modi, not vie, but the meaning is, is the same, in which the ancient philosophers came to the knowledge of God. In ac autem contemplationem Ioannis circa verdum, verbum incarnatum, quadruplex altitudo designatum, autoritatis, unde dicit vidi dominum, eternitatis, cum dicit sedentem, dignitatis, seu nobilitatis nature, unde dicit super solium eccelsum, et incomprensibilis veritatis, cum dicis, cum dicit et elevatum. Istis enim quadwar modis antiqui philosophi ad dei cognizionem pervenerunt. The ways are four and not five like the ways of the Summa, uh, and in part they come close to some of the five ways of the Summa, even mixing them, for example, the second mode, ex eternitate, seems to take up the first, the third, and the fourth way of the Summa. For our purposes, the third way, which is the way ex dignitate ipsius dei, is important. I quote uh, from the text, Quidam autem venerunt in cognizionem dei ex dignitate ipsius dei, et isti fuerum platonici. Considerarunt enim quod omne illud quod esse cundum participationem reducitur ad aliquid quod sit illud per sua essentiam, sicud ad primum et ad sum. Sicut omnia ignita per participationem reducuntur ad ignem, qui est per essentiam suam talis, cum ergo omnia que sunt participent esse et sint per participazione mentia, necesse est esse aliquid in cacumine omnium rerum, quod sit ipsum esse per suam essentiam, id est quod sua essentia sit sum esse, et toc est Deus, qui est sufficientissima e dignissima e perfectissima causa totius esse, a quo omnia che sunt participantesse. While the fourth way of the summa got entangled in the dialectic of degrees, the concise and direct formula of the prologue ties in with the radical situation of the finite, immediately designated by, as being by participation, which has the esse, the actus essent. Fabro sees in the text of the prologue the doctrinally salient moment of Aquinas' metaphysics distributed. The Platonic principle of perfectio separata, the principle of participation in the double static and dynamic moment. But it is the notion of participation that rules the final version of the fourth way, which is translated by Fabro's forms. Since beings exist by participation, there must be being by essence, es per essentiam, which is God, 
is the first cause of every reality. In the formulation, we perceive this scansion unified by, uh, by the recourse to participation of the fourth way of the summa, from the position of the maximum to the maximum recognized as cause. The dialectic of participation harmonizes the two moments. The tension between being by participation and be by essence is derived from the coercion of the act of being received, comparatur ad alia sicut receptum ad recipients, received limitedly by the finite being. Coercion to which the examples such as that of heat also allude by transposing in, into an image the resolution of the dialectic of degrees in the essence the ultimate grounding act. Pure perfection, not undermined by power, must separate, must be separate and unique, the principle of perfectio separata. And such is the Thomistic intensive esse, the highly original fruit of the appropriation and reversal by Aquinas of the metaphysical orientation of Neoplatonism, in particular Pseudo-Dionysius. The essay as intensive act condenses in the punctual actuality the range of perfections found in the dialectic of degrees. Act of every act, perfection of every perfection. Strictly speaking, every perfection that is found according to a magiset minus and therefore shows itself to be participated refers back to the perfection that is such by essence. Uh, it therefore demands the position of the corresponding perfectio subsistence or, as Aquinas also say, of the perfectio separata. This is a quotation by, uh, from Fabro. In the prologue, the reference to the perfectio subsistence is calibrated in function of essence and not of any kind of perfection. The new approach also clarifies the first section of the fourth way of the Summa, the position of the maximum at the end of the dialectic of degrees is to be carried out in the light of the notion of intensive being. We are in the middle of the way, and it is given for sentence and not derived from uh, any other demonstration that beings have being. Cum omnia, cum ergo omnia quesunt participant esse et sint per participazione mentia. The attribution to the maximum of the qualification of cause makes explicit what has been achieved so far with the metaphysical resolution of the perfections in the essay. As Fabro says, the foundation brought to completion by the resolution of the transcendental perfection in the act of intensive being is already the foundation of causal dependence, the position of esse by essence as causa totius esse. Contadini tests Fabro's way in his essay Per la rigorizzazione della teologia razionale for the rigorization of rational theology. According to Bontadini's careful analysis, the way, which also documents the maturation of uh, Aquinas' fault, does not succeed in arguing the dependence of the finite, the non-sufficiency to itself of the being that has the act of being. Experience would attest to certain qualification of data that are signs of, of participation, but it is not established whether the notion of participation indicates the overall picture of the signs for which it is asserted that a certain being is being by participation, or whether it immediately indicates the dependence of the datum on, on something else. The synthetic formula of the fourth way does not show the contradiction that would arise if the datum did not proceed from something else. 
it neglects to provide the necessity of the dependence of the datum. So uh, it avoids the validly mediated introduction of causality. If we accept Bontadini's objections as valid, the fourth way favored by Fabro, at least in the Thomist version, does not seem preferable to the first way. There is, however, one last problem that remains to be evaluated, the possible role of analogy in the elaboration of the inference. That is whether or not analogy has a constructive range. As far as analogy is concerned, Fabro treats uh, this with it in detail in Participation and Causality, a uh, work published with some modification in both French and Italian, where he also directly confronts Heidegger. Fabro finds in Aquinas a resolutio ad unum, the method proper to metaphysics, which takes up the Aristotelian principle that the legetai mempolacos alla prosen caimia tina Caimian Tina Fusin. This principle is expanded further by Aquinas into the conception of the emergent intensive act that constitutes the last reference of the predication of reality. Quotation by Fabro. It is precisely the formalistic turn that will lead to a preeminence of the analogy of proportionality over the analogy of attribution in modern Thomism. With regard to analogy of proportionality, Fabro clarifies, one therefore has that the so-called analogy of proportionality in the sense of a simple relationship between two proportions is not the proper and radical expression of metaphysical analogy, but belongs to the quantitative and predicative field. In the metaphysical field, one cannot abstract from the foundation of the esse and therefore from the dependence of, of one of the members on the other. The analogy of proportionality supposes, then, the causal analogy as primary and constitutive. In general, the analogy paradoxically brings together similarity and dissimilarity, absolute distance and proximity between creator and creature, not an extrinsic dependence, but radical belonging of the finite to the infinite. And it is the dependence of the participated act on the imparticipated act that is rendered by the analogy of intrinsic attribution. Despite the fall of the metaphysical leap, the infinite is the maximally intimate or the finite. There is thus a logical semantic moment of Aristotelian inspiration in which analogy is presented as analogy of proportionality. But the um, metaphysical moment is that of Platonic inspiration, which necessarily refers back to the diversity caused by the ontological fall and therefore to attribution. This is another quotation. Intrinsic attribution in the sense that Deus is to be per essentiam, presentiam et potentiam, despite the ontological fall mentioned above, here is the similarity, the similarity that the analogy seeks to express. The metaphysical moment, which indicates the dependence of the participated perfection on pure perfection, precedes that of the analogy of proportionality. Quoting from Fabro, obviously the analogy of attribution, in the sense that has just been explained, he refers to an article, is ground laying with respect, with respect to the analogy of proportionality, for it sizes and expresses the essay of being in its emergence 
as participated act with regard to unparticipated act. In this sense, it can be said that the analogy of proportionality presupposes and is based upon analogy of attribution. In participation and causality, Fabro adds, the analogy of attribution thus accomplishes the ultimate resolution of metaphysical discourse, the metaphysical discourse by bringing the many back to the one, the diverse back to the identical, the compound back to the simple, and gives the answer in the context of creationism to the instance of the Parmenidian one. Despite Fabro's insistence on the metaphysical value of the analogy of intrinsic attribution, it cannot yet be said that per se an elucidation of the inference from being by participation to being by essence emerges that meets the requirement of the regularization that Bontadini has in his mind. Among the authors who have moved in the direction, in this direction, I would like, and I conclude, to mention Dario Sanchi, who has proposed a declination of the inference that takes into account both essential Thomism, but not only Fabro's Thomism, and Bontadini's neoclassical philosophy. How is it possible, he asks, evoking the Eleatic dilemma, that what, it, that what is is opposed not only to nothingness, but also to something else that also is? How can there be oppositions on the plane of being? Here we have the antinomy of the one and the many. An answer could be that we should take care not to confuse being with a predicamental formality, which can be further determined. Instead, we should accept the conception of being as an act received and contracted in the composition with the essence that gives the structure of the finite being and justifies the diversity of beings. The opposition between positives from which suscitates his starting points. One could say that from this perspective, the dialectic of the magis et minus of transcendental perfections is explained if and only if they refer to the grounding first act according to the platonic principle of perfectio separata. In this way, university is overcome precisely through the Thomist analogy. Without going any further, I think it will suffice to conclude with a comment on method. Whoever wants to work on a metaphysics of transcendence today is confronted with a changed landscape uh, compared to Bontadini's ears. Indeed, immanentism has become even more rigorous compared to the opposition to transcendence in Gentile's idealism. By this I mean that if in the years in which Bontadini wrote the target was Gentile, and it was a target chose above all precisely because of the speculative power of the logic of the concrete and even because of the contribution that its assimilation made to metaphysics, Today we have Severino's work as a term of comparison. Even the sign of Thomism with Fabro and with the development of contemporary Thomism leaves as many possibilities for mediation. It is not by chance that the notion of analogy has le had led to the exploration of new hypotheses of inference. It is therefore possible to bring this rather distant position into contact with one another, always with a view to refine the theological synthesis and without losing sight to the rational justification of the overcoming of experience. Thank you very much.